Week six, CD Lamb, 36.1. Go. <laughs> fuck. Oh, my God. Goddamn dog. Right? Then shut the fuck up. Don't growl at me. I'll make a fucking winter coat out of you. Oh my god. Oh, you sick fuck. Oh my god. Oh. I'll make a fucking winter coat out of you. I've heard it all now. Welcome to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup with your hosts, Andrew Skinner and Joel Bryant. Hey, my friend, how was your week? How are things going? Just fucking peachy keen. Yeah, peachy keen. Is that all it takes when you get back to 500 TBLC? you just on top of the world, eh? Living the dream. Yeah, I like that. I say that to people all the time. But as my day wears on, I, I say it with less and less authority. I find my my line at work these days is could be fucking worse. Somebody asks how I'm doing, and I'll say, "Oh, you know, boy, living the dream." But as the day as the day goes on, I'm like, "Uh, you know, living the dream." There's an official line of answering that must be undertaken when asking that question in Newfoundland, though, right? Let's uh, let's talk about that Monday night game. How about them Titans? Hey, I'm already not liking your tone tonight. Well, I don't have a lot going for me this week, so I got to reach for vic- small victories where I can. You don't yeah, mind, you, do you? You got a master's degree in reaching, so do right. use what you know. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the question How about them Titans? How about the Bills play calling? Well, if you're asking me, it was Derrick Henry beat the Bills. Yep, it's fair. Ryan and I get that it's the Bills. Zero touchdowns. It's the Bills, you know, competing with them is great and all, but I'm still waiting for that whole monster Tennessee offense to show up that we keep hearing about, and it's all Derrick Henry. Des Bryant had the best tweet. I think I shared it with the group when he said, Derrick Henry is the guy that we all create on men and yeah. kids. You make the guy as tall as possible, as strong as possible, as fast as possible, and that's actually Derrick Henry. I don't care what your experience is or how good you are at this game. Like I can imagine that if you look up in a, in a flash and see Derek Henry barreling down on you, I would be covered in my own fecal matter within before I even knew what happened. Yeah. I'd just Clear. be wiping my own shit out of my eyes. Like, dear God, what do I do? Get pink eye. That's what happens oh. when you get your shit in your eyes. You fucking die when that guy hits you. Yeah, well, Micah Hyde survived with the Bills and not. I was shocked, man. As a Titans fan, I loved it, of course. But if I, if that's me there, the Bills, like you got Josh Allen, man, you got a solid defense. Take the three points, yeah. tie the game, take your chances in overtime. Just seems I get that the NFL's going towards advanced, analyna, advanced analytics. analytics. Yes, thank you. They're going towards gotcha. advanced analytics, and the analytics suggest – that going for it on fourth and short, even fourth and medium is prosperous in the long run. I just, I don't know, man. I, I get know. it. Like, I don't know shit about fuck, but I don't like that call any, no. anytime. I like your point as and go a to the coin toss. Oh, and as soon as they snapped the ball, Allen like lunges forward and slipped. And I'm like, fucking, hey, we won this fucking game. 
Like if your kicker's had a Mason Crosby night or he's, you know, got half a groin or something, then yeah, go for the win. But yeah, I, I don't like that call just to try to. Tyler Bass it. has been the best kicker in football this season. He definitely was not going to miss that. Yeah. So, but it made, you know what, man? It made for a hell of a fucking football game. Let me tell you. Speaking of uh, your Jaguars a moment ago, they got their first win of the season this week. How about that? It's not only the first win of the season. They broke a first win in 20 games. 20 game losing streak. Yikes. 20 games. 20 fucking games. Yep. Well, last season, I remember last season because they beat the fucking Colts in week one and murdered about 80% of survivor pools around the world. And then they lost the next 15 in a row. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget, man, that if that image of Gardner Mitchell running off the field with his helmet in his hand, like holding on to the cage, like, yeah, we did it. We're one and all. And they never won anything again. No. No. James Robinson, despite what I said about him, is obviously one of the premier running backs in the NFL. Okay. Undrafted Jim. Whatever. Obviously team- going to be fantasy relevant this year. Yep, seems like he's well on his path to fantasy relevance. (laughs) Let's get into the TBLC portion of the show. TBLC last week, week six, we don't have 12 teams at three and three. As amazing that would have been. Not to say that the league isn't close all around. As many teams are still only separated by a game or two at most. Uh, the first matchup from last week, uh, four verticals trounce Labrador Colts by a score of 186 and 131. Four verticals big score highlighted by Dak, 34 points. Aaron Jones, 21 points. Christian Kirk, 19 points. Some nameless Dallas Cowboys receiver who got 36 points. And Sean's 131, low-lighted by Chase Claypool. Don't know where that guy came from. The paltry 3.7. And Chris Godwin scored less than 10 points, which is not what you want to see out of a guy with that kind of draft capital. With the win, four verticals improved to three and three when Labrador Colts lost their third in a row to follow the two and four. Poor Sean, hey? Yeah, poor Sean. If only he can make just a real big earth-shattering trade to change the trajectory of his team. I think he's trying. Yeah, I think I think he's trying. He's trying hard, I gotta say. He had a big game at Alex Collins. That guy's good. Fuck. Where'd he get him? What a player he is. Mm. 16.8. That's very solid. 101 rushing yards against Pittsburgh. What a fucking guy. Pittsburgh's defense is uh, pretty overrated this year. I think so. They're still pretty solid against the run. Yeah, I fucking have them. They've been pretty overrated. I think they're 11th overall. Rosterable, if that's a thing. Sean's team is, is not good. Like Robbie Anderson, I know he fell into the end zone this week. Literally had one reception for 11 yards and touchdown. But he belongs on waivers, man. There's no reason why he should be on any rosters anywhere. The guy's been fucking 
trash all year. Sean's roster has problems, but he's got some pieces. He's got some pieces, yep. Kelsey, Godwin, (laughs) Barkley, Wilson. Like, I mean, if those guys are healthy, he's probably in a position where he's not so desperate to begin with. He doesn't have to be desperate. Problem is that he's got no Russell Wilson till what week 10? Yeah, that's that hurts. Anyway, we can uh, move on to the next match. Costanza defeated football team by score of 167 to 135. God, I hate Nolan winning that shit. I hate seeing that. Yeah, well, not only is he winning, he's won three matches in a row now. He has. So, Ever since he made the trade. Yep, he made the trade. He's undefeated since I loaded him up. Yeah, well, who was it you gave him again? I gave him Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Mike Davis. Yeah, well, maybe it's just coincidence because Julio Jones basically done nothing. Antonio's been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Davis is... You know, like Davis. Antonio Brown is the 15th ranked wide receiver in the whole sport, so it's not like he's just been good. No, you're right, but that's only one component of the trade. 55 points in the last two weeks. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. Coe stands as big score, 167, highlighted by Matt Stafford, 32, Zeke, 19, Chris Evans, I got in parentheses here, Captain America, question mark, 60 points. What the fuck? Gary very Nolan, clever. Gary Nolan with a healthy Joe Mixon. Not only was Joe Mixon healthy, but they came out and said, Mixon's healthy, 100%. We'll handle full workload. Gary just says, fuck it. I'm rolling with their like third string backup gadget wide receiver. And lo and behold, he gets some fucking 16 points. How the fuck does he do it? He was, uh, I think, A, I think they call that a, a fucking donk. But B, his that is a donk entire sure. team was on his bench on a bye. So that yeah. probably factored in. Yep. He immediately, he was like, well, I got what I wanted out of this relationship. Immediately turfed into waivers. Thank you for your time. Bye. <laughs> So when I made that comment in the chat about Alan Robinson that you were shitting on me for, I'd said I'd do Alan Robinson and Myers for an upgrade. Oh, yeah. A receiver. And Spencer fucking poo emoji did. What a cunt. And uh, Nolan sent me a message right away, too, and was like, mm, yeah, I think he's kind of worthless now or, or something along those lines. And yep. I took one look at his team, and I was like, Julio Jones, 8.9, Tyler Boyd. 1.7. There was one more somewhere. I was like, Alan Robinson had a better week than all of them. You shut the fuck up. Nicole Hardman, 8.8. Yeah. Oh, well, he wouldn't have been too bad on your team. What are you chewing my shit? The problem is that Alan Robinson was like third round, fourth round pick. These guys, Nicole mm-hmm. Hardman was a waiver pickup. I mean, Tyler Boyd was like maybe. 10th, 11th round, maybe. Yeah, I fucking know, Andrew. I know. Uh, let's football see. Football team. Football team. He was complaining again. Uh, oh, everyone goes off on me again. Well, Justin, your 135 would have beat uh, one. 
two, three teams. So quit your fucking bitching. Worry more about the fact that you lost four in a row now. Four was he complaining about uh, Jalen Waddle going off, or did no? Was he good with that? I think he was probably good with that. Maybe he was complaining points. about the fact that his two running backs combined for six point six points, or the fact that he inexplicably started Sony Michelle when Daryl Henderson was alive and healthy. I don't and know Gaskin. why he would do that. Gaskin, but Gaskin was a trap. He had a huge game against Tampa Bay, and Justin's like, "All right, I'm back in on Gaskin," only to yeah. abandon ship. Oops. I don't blame him for starting that kind of shit. I mean, he's still got McCaffrey and Montgomery on IR. That would kill any of us. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And then Williams on COVID, COVID mm-hmm. IR. So I get it. I think Gaskin was in his lineup anyway. I think Michelle was the desperate, oh, shit, I need to put someone here. Yep. But it didn't matter because his team was just, other than Waddle, it was pretty basic across the board. He had a very Andrew Skinner week. Uh, nope. Andrew Skinner would have defeated him this week. Get to that in a moment. With the win, Costanza won his third match in a row to improve to four and two. And Justin with the loss lost his fourth in a row to go to two and four in a tie for last place. Unfortunate. Ouch. Another guy that should probably make a move. Yeah. Well, he's too busy complaining about all the points scored against him to make a move. Anyway, peddling McCaffrey around real quick. It's yeah. just me. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm convinced that these guys don't want to trade or are afraid to trade. And then the second the trade deadline passes and say, oh, I was working on a deal. I was going to get something done. I swear. I'm nope, telling you, it's because if you, if you make an offer in this league that somebody doesn't like, everybody's ass fucking bleeds. That's the right? problem. Yep. Just the pitchforks come out immediately. Mm-hmm. That's what he said in the group chat about the trade that we'll discuss momentarily. That's the second the deal gets done, man. The fucking Simpsons pitchfork gift. Just get the fucking pitchforks. Get them. I mean, I don't want to put anybody on blast, like calling anybody out. Not my thing. I, I try to avoid that unless they're you. I'm happy to do that if it's you. But <laughs> I'm just going to say that I've made an offer to Justin once or twice in the past that hasn't been up to standard, and I've gotten some pretty salty offers in response. Right. The so, old, you sent me an offer. I don't like. I'm going to send you my kicker for your best player. Uh-huh. Right. Maybe that's part of the Butthole lack of action. This is your season, man. You wait. How many months are between fucking NFL seasons? The Super Bowl is what? First week in February. And the season kicks off, what, after Labor Day weekend. That's every bit of fucking nine months between seasons. How is everyone not so insanely active during the season, man? I do not get it. We wait Jesus. all year for this shit. That was a fucking speech. No soup for you. Defeated the Roundhousers by a score of 150 to 126. No soup for you's big score was highlighted by Patrick Mahomes, 26 points. Najee Harris, 25 points. Tyreek, 23 points. It is noteworthy that all position players for no soup for you were in double digits. That is impressive. Even as fucking kicker, the only single digit score for no soup for you was ironically the Bucks defense who only mustered 4.8 against Philadelphia. Who knew? What a week. Not me. 
Davin's shooting for uh, 10 and 4 now, I see. Yeah, Davin is shooting for 10 and 4. He had a nice little streak going, but that came to an end. He did. Just got to reel off eight wins in a row to get close-ish to the projection from NFL.com. I'm sure he'll get there. His receivers kind of fucked him pretty good. Yep, not quite the low score of the week, but pretty close. Evans didn't show up. Brown didn't show up. Nope, that's exactly Waller right. Waller barely showed up for, for Yeah, Waller. Waller hasn't been good, man. Bishop put up 150 points with the Mahomes Hill stack, only good for 47 this week. Yeah, we've talked about the Mahomes Hill stack a lot, but if it, if focusing on that is showing one thing, it's shown that it's pretty inconsistent, to be honest. It's, uh, what it's showing me is that even if it has down weeks, you should still be very fucking scared of Bishop's team. Oh, absolutely. Although 150 just, points when, when it barely showed up. Yep. He just lost uh, Kareem Hunt for probably four, six weeks, maybe. Good. Fuck him. That's a little blow to his team. I got nothing not, against Bishop, but teams like his need to lose players. There you go. Well, he's not very deep. He didn't win the Devontae Booker sweepstakes, so some of us ran on. He got him 11 points anyway in a negative game script, so Booker could be uh, Booker could be serviceable. That's why I wanted him. Mm, yeah, I'm not in on that. Well, it's not going to – it's one of these plays that's – the floor is probably nine points, but the ceiling is probably 13 points, but it's going to be a safe-ish play every week, I think, just based yeah. on volume alone. I don't know about that. If he falls into the end zone, he could approach 20 points. So, I don't know. I would love to have him. I bid for him. I just apparently did not bid enough to get him. Oh, well. I think if anybody's going to fall into the end zone there, it's probably Daniel Jones. Well, maybe. Not with that concussion, though. And maybe when he comes back, he uh, won't be as inclined to take those goal line plunges. Who knows? I mean, 10.9 points. That's probably where it peaks for me. 10.9 and – well, that was his first game as a starter. It's not his first game games. ever. Yeah, no, but it was his first game as a starter with his first year with the Giants going against the fucking Rams. That game was out of hand pretty early. They lost by a whole lot of points. So, I don't know. The fact that he had 28 receiving yards bodes well for him. I don't mind. He'll, be, he'll be filling water bottles in two, three weeks. Well, he'll be filling water bottles when, yeah, I guess – if we think Berkeley's going to recover from the worst sprain angle of all time by then, Ugh. I'm not convinced yet. That's still puke worthy for sure. With the win, Bishop improved to four and two. And with the loss, Davin fell to two and four. And back in last place where he loves to hang out. It's his favorite place. Let's move on to your match, friend. Guy with the Skinner tattoo, obliterated. Team dinner. We could even go as far as say he fed team dinner. Eh? Nah, uh, uh, I got my finger guns out. You can't see it. <laughs> I'm you the, ah. Pew pew. Pew pew. Uh, Good one. Score 189 to 125. What a beating. You beat Adam so bad that he didn't even bother to pick up a tight end. He was like, this is fucking over. I'm waving the white flag. I'm certain Kyle Pitts on a bye. Fuck it. God, I feel like you're just swaddling my balls right now. You keep going. No, just I'm, go. just, I'm just being objective. I'm being objective fantasy football podcaster, that's all. Mm-hmm. Saying good things about me, and I like it. 
Year 189, highlighted by Leonard Fournette, sweet mother of God, 31 points. New phone, who this? Jonathan Taylor, 29. Henry Ruggs, man, how much did that work out in your favor? You're like, oh, fuck, AJ's got an illness. Fuck it, it's Monday night. I'm screwed. I guess I got to fucking throw Henry Ruggs in there. He got you fucking 19 points, motherfucker. I didn't for a moment feel like I was screwed. It was an instant swap without any thinking at all. I got a little faith in Ruggs. He's a perfectly fine injury feeling. And then Noah Fantastic doing what elite stud tight ends do, giving you fucking 25 points. Uh And then a little Dalvin Cook action for 21 points in your flex. Not bad. Not as good as Joe Mixon, but not bad. All the same. Now go ahead and add up my backfield and let me know what my three running backs were good for this week. Uh, a lot. I think we're just under 80 points. That's pretty good. Can that you do that every week? Not fucking bad. I'm here to find out. You put up 189 points, and that was with less than 14 from the Mar. Wow. And AJ Brown on my bench. You must have feel pretty good about your team. It's, you know, week six, this is where I hit my stride. Yeah, that's good. To Team Dinner's credit, I caught him on a, a really rough week. He had bye weeks falling out of his ass. Yep, for sure. His team's pretty good. Buy. Yeah, his, his team is good. But with the win, you managed to improve to 500. Welcome to the 500 Club, friend, with your second win in a row. And Team Dinner fell to 500 to join the rest of us at 3-3. Three and three. Moving on, Clyde Edwards to spare. Edged out Cove Cowboys by score 168 to 161 in the nail biter of the week. Clyde Edwards Spare, his score highlighted by Kirk Cousins, 33 points. King Derek Henry Esquire, 35.6. My God. Do you know that Derek Henry is on pace for 2,200 rushing yards and 28 rushing touchdowns? Uh, let's see Henry 35.6 Adam Thielen holy shit what year is this 29.8 my god Mm, I think that was a one off uh, yeah probably that uh, offense funnels through Jefferson and Cook although if if Cook can stay healthy maybe there's more games like this for Thielen in the future who knows what's wrong with Keenan Allen uh, he's not Mike Williams. I don't know. Last week, that whole offense was just abysmal. They scored six points for fuck's sake. It was just a down yeah. week all around. So I thought Keenan, Justin Herbert was matchup proof. Weren't you telling me that last yeah, week? Yeah, I thought so. The Baltimore defense has been pretty bad, except for this week, it seems. Mm-hmm. So, say la vie. Anyway, uh, let's see. Mike Jasicki, 19.5. Nice to see a big number out of him with uh, Tua under center. And Cove Cowboys started to really shit on Cam for the loss here. His score of 161 would have been good enough to beat seven teams this week. So all we can really say is Gibson kind of had a down week for him, 4.4, and Gibson was battling injury. For the bulk of that game, I don't think he played much in the second half. So, I mean, it's completely devoid of logic and 
Kemp's inexplicably getting killed by the schedule every week, but he's kind of upset prone. I love it. What's going on there? Don't know, but if he could take a Makes couple no sense L's against me, I'd just... appreciate it. Antonio Gibson was the one that fucked him last week. Yep, it's true. It's uh, a we've... bizarre little stat that his team is so loaded top to bottom, yet he keeps coming up on the short end of these close matchups. Yeah, he's definitely the best of the three and three teams, as indicated by the fact that he currently sits in fourth place as he leads us all in points. He's a glitch in the matrix. Yep. Well, maybe if he could glitch himself all the way out of a playoff spot, that'd be great. Give us all a chance. (laughs) Although I don't think it's going to happen. His team's just too good for that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, with the win... Blyde Embers of Spear proved to four and two, good for a share of first place. And the Cove Cowboys fell back to 500 at three and three. And moving on to the final match, I fell to Chauvin Master by a score of 155 to 143. I think I called that. Yeah, you called it. Yep. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it is what it is. 143 is a fairly respectable score. What would be to have full teams this week, but down games. My newly acquired Herbert Mike Williams stack was uh, not very good this week, and I lost by 11 points. So Not very good is an understatement. You had a combined yeah. 17 points out of that stack. You know, it was very good. Joe Mixon, thanks again, friend. 25.3 points. Damian Harris, holy shit. I just I'm looking at Damian Harris's stat line. I see 101 rushing yards next to a New England running back, and I think it's got to be a typo. Either that or it's got to be Brandon Bolden. Well, no, it's Damian Harris, and he's on my team. Look, speaking of Brandon, Brandon Cooks continuing to do what he does. 18 points, very solid week. Tyler Lockett is basically dead under Geno Smith. It's not good. Not good at all. Mike Williams had down week, but he's like the wide receiver three on the season. I'll let that go. Ricky I'm hoping this is the the turn where Mike Williams becomes an absolute fucking lemming. (laughs) That would be unfortunate, but I would not doubt that. Not for one second. You have condemned his entire career. Yep. I'm not going to say he's a fantasy superstar. Maybe I'll just say that he's dead for fantasy this year. Maybe Why don't you tell him he's going to be fancy relevant for the year? No, I'm not doing that. I'm not uttering those words. You know who <laughs> was fancy relevant for me? Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> 58 <laughs> yards and a touchdown, baby. <laughs> and then Stefan Diggs, man, what a fucking football player. Welcome back. He almost he showed up. Yeah, he showed up, man. He had fucking 18 points at the half. Thought it was going to actually give me a chance at this thing. I think I needed like 36 out of him yep. going into that game. I basically ripped it off. But then I saw 18 at the half. I was like, hold on a second, motherfucker. We got a shot here. You know, and, and then games tend that to... you didn't. Well, whatever. I made a big trade this week that I'll touch on soon. So as much as I'm disappointed with the loss this week, I uh, like the outlook of my team going forward. Got a couple of guys on IR that once they return, I don't know. I like my team. I'm I'm quite okay with the loss this week. 
as the outlook for my team going forward is bright. I like that you like your team. Yeah, thanks. That's all I'm going to say about that. I got a couple of defenses. I, I don't often carry two defenses, but I'm at a point where if I drop either one, it's just going to be snapped up in a second. And the schedule for both down the stretch is so nice that honestly, I know if I drop one, it would end up on my opponent's team, and then I'd end up playing that team in the fucking playoffs, and whatever defense I drop would go off on me. So I'm just going to fucking keep them both until I got Maybe you'll be the first person in fantasy football history to successfully market and trade a defense because nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> well, they- listen. If Aaron Bishop listens to this podcast, I'm sure that he gives a fuck because I orchestrated oh. a trade with Bishop this week that quite literally started with, I want your kicker, LOL, LOL, And an hour yeah. later, I Travis Kelsey and Robert Woods. That's the thing. K- kickers <laughs> get Holy Bishop fuck. wet, not defenses. And I got to bring that up. I know this has nothing to do with our league at all, but that was just the craziest out of nowhere, no, hey, how's it going? We weren't chatting about anything. He mentioned me and said, I want your kicker, LOL, LOL, I said, uh, okay. He sends like me an Bishop's offer. The, he's the round nine draft kicker guy. Yeah, I don't know, man. I couldn't fathom it. He said, I like his outlook rest of the season. I was like, okay. So he sends me an offer for... He wanted Tyler Bass and Dawson Knox. I was like, wow, that's sell-high candidate number one. And then Cordero Patterson, I was like, Jesus, that's fucking sell-high candidate number two. Let's go. And then he offered me Travis Kelsey. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Is that? Is that T. Kelsey? Is that a joke? Yep. Travis <laughs> dead to me, Kelsey. Yep. Well, he had an Undertaker-esque rise from the grave when I saw him in a trade offer. And it was uh, Emmanuel Sanders and the Packers kicker, fuck whoever the fuck, Mason Crosby. As much as I was like, I should just smash except like you had me at Kelsey. I said, if Bishop is coming out swinging for my kicker, I think I can squeeze just a little bit more. Jesus and I, Christ. And I said, I looked at his team. I said, oh, Bishop. I said, you've got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods there, man. You can't. You can't go with both of them this whole season. I was like, let's just tweak it just a little. I was like, how about we just put in Robert Woods over Emmanuel Sanders? And I said, I can go for that. And I countered with that. And he was like, done deal, brother. Smash accept. I was like, holy shit. I was watching my notifications and I was thinking, like, how are you fucking chloroforming these guys right now? What What is happening? I don't know. And they were back-to-back. I'll, I'll talk about the mm-hmm. trade with Sean for podcast purposes now in a second. But it was like back-to-back, man. And these trades came out of nowhere. The one with Bishop just blew my fucking mind. I was like, how? Never in fucking almost 15 years of playing fantasy football have I had a trade offer start with, I want your kicker, LOLOL, and turn into trading me fucking Jesus, Mary, Joseph, tight ends. Crazy. Absolute insanity. Anyway, uh, Shogun Master broke his two-game losing streak. Actually, three-game losing streak. Spencer, like Justin. Go ahead. Called it. Oh, you called it, yeah. Yep, you did. Good for you. 
Spencer started the season 2-0 and and probably lost three in a row. He broke that nasty three-game losing streak to get back to 500. And with the loss, I fell back to 500. So with that, the standings are as follows. We have a little mini log jam at top three teams. No Super U, Costanza, Clyde Everest Spear, all tied at four and two. And we've got a real fat log jam. One, two, three, four, five, six teams tied at three and three. And the bottom three at two, four, rounded out by the Roundhousers, football team, and Labrador Colts. Let's now make some predictions for week seven. Now, this week, friend, I want to do something a little different. This is well-received. If this catches on, this will be how I'll do our predictions going forward. If not, it'll just be a one-week blip on the radar. Anyway, you like to gamble and bet on sports. So rather than just predict who's going to win and lose outright, let's instead predict the over-unders for each respective matchup and then the point totals based on the estimations here in the game center. How do you feel about that? Something mm-hmm. different? Bit of fun? Fuck it, I'll play. You're going to make me think a lot more than I want to this time of night, but we'll, we'll give her. First matchup, myself, Turn Ferguson versus four verticals. The estimated total for our matchups, 250 points. And the early favorite is myself, Turd Ferguson, two-point favorite. Who do you like? What do you like for the matchup, over or under 250 points? I like the under. Okay. Like the under? Why? Why do you like the under? I see some depressing outcomes on your team especially, but on Ryan's as well. Yeah, you don't like Damian Harris against the Jets this week? The Jets have been way better against the run than people are giving them credit for being. I see these comments in the chat all, all the time about wish they could play the Jets every week, but I think they've been like something like 16th best against the run or 14th. Like they're in the middle somewhere. They've been getting burned on, in their secondary, but beside the point, mixing up Baltimore. Mm. You got a That's quarterback, your, your stud quarterback's on a bye, and you're going for Ryan Tannehill, big homer pick. He's been garbage. Yeah, Homer pick, yeah. Lockett's dead. Callaway who? Lockett is dead. Uh, Callaway, he had uh, 25 points before the bye. Michael Thomas still not back. Seattle's been prone to giving up those big home run passing plays, hoping that Winston can hit him. It's I gonna think be- these projections are generally – I find that if you had to gamble one way or another, most teams eclipse their projection. You're not going to be one of them. It's going to be a play Callaway. Like I look at his 14 point projection and that feels like his median Callaway is either going to get me three points or he's going to get me 20 points. So I'm taking a swing. I've got some bye weeks. So you can tell this is my bye apocalypse with Diggs, Williams, Herbert all on bye. So Diggs hit think- Williams, Herbert on a bye, Kittle and Chris Carson on IR. So I mean, I'm taking shots this week. Ryan's got uh, Dak and C.D. Lamb on a bye. Metcalf has got the Genos. The Genos, yep. Ayuk and Pascal in his lineups. I think this is the week that, you know, Ryan has been getting some decent production out of those bottom feeders. 
Faisman plug it in at the bottom of his lineup, but I don't see it playing out this week. I'm with you. I'm going uh, going with the under as well. And as for the uh, Turd Ferguson, minus two, what do you think? Do you like me to cover her? Minus two, do you like four verticals plus two? I like four verticals plus two. That's me. I knew you weren't going to pick me. I'm going to pick myself. Fuck you. I see a close matchup. I'm going to lean to the verticals for a number of reasons. Among them, it's you. How mm-hmm. deeply intuitive of you, friend. I appreciate your scientific input as always. You betcha. Worked for me last week. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pick myself minus two if for no other reason. Ryan suggested that I should quit fantasy football if his team beats me this week. So I don't want to put myself in that position. So I'll just pick myself. Although it sounds like I'm fucking rolling out the best version of my team this week. So I don't know why you need to make a comment like that. Tannehill Keep saying these bright lights for your team are coming. When When is that happening? Uh, well, when I get healthy. You got Diggs, Williams, and Herbert on buys. You're fucked. Yeah, we've both got bye week problems. You got. I'm more. really. I'll tell you what. In, for my fantasy sanity, I'm really glad I'm going against Ryan with CD Lamb on a bye because I don't. <laughs> I don't think I could live with myself if Dak and CD Lamb just fucking exploded. You'd have to run this podcast by yourself because I wouldn't exist. The way you're rolling, I can see that being a thing too. Anyway, okay, let's move on to the next matchup football team versus Shogun Master. Implied point total of 219 points. And the early projections have football team as a 27 point favorite. I think I'm going to take the over here. And by think, I mean, I know. I mean, see, this projection is being made off of. This is being made off the idea that Spencer doesn't have a team. I don't think he's going to go into the week with one, two, three, four, five, six, six players on by. <laughs> so he's going to change something there. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the over as well. Now, he might not. Maybe he just takes a team dinner approach and says, fuck it. I have too many holes to fill. I'm mailing it in. But he's also, uh, what, a three and three team? Yeah, and not a high-scoring 3-3 three three team either. One who's been on the wrong side of some close matchups too, so he's probably going to want to take the wins where he can get them. Yeah, and if, I mean, he's playing the right team, you're going to win. So Justin's lost four in a row and is absolutely trending in the wrong direction. Somehow, despite only getting less than seven points out of them last week, is still still confidently rolling out Sonny Michelle and Miles Gaskin again. <laughs> oh, and Aguilar Aguilar, Jesus Christ I think he's doing it just to spite you I don't blame him He's got a Goddard COVID IR And Damian Williams COVID IR In his lineup I think this is another situation with Justin Where he's just trying to will them back to full health You will notice one Very surprising Thing about Justin's lineup this week He decided not to put Christian McCaffrey Into it no, he's just realized. I think he he knows that the IR is official. You can't will him off the IR. No, but again, That's this is fair. just call me crazy. This is just poor lineup management by Justin. If I was Justin, I'd be turfing fucking Marquez Valdez, irrelevant, 
putting McCaffrey in Zaire and then maybe picking up someone of value. I don't know. Call me fucking crazy. Why? I mean, yeah, you could be right. But on the other hand, Valdez Scantling could be good for 20 points a week by week 12 and yeah, be the next fantasy fucked. player to make you look stupid. No, it's not going to happen. I'm declaring it right now. Marquez Valdez Scantling, fantasy irrelevant. You heard it here first. He's got the, the James Robinson kiss of boom. Yep. Well, I don't think so. The only receiver getting 20 plus a week in Green Bay is Devontae Adams. Yes. So not going to happen. Anyway, that's what I would do if I was Justin. I would find somebody not named fucking Sony Michelle to put my lineup. Christ almighty, man. It's like he's trying to lose on purpose. Something to complain about. If I were Justin, man, I would be fucking hitting the trade market hard. There'd be offers going out six times a day. I'd be shopping McCaffrey hard. Yeah, that's just me. Yep, I hear you. I would be shopping McCaffrey hard too, but I think I think people are snake bitten by McCaffrey, man. They've seen the last two years, year and a half play out, yeah. and uh, I I don't know about you, like I know the talent with McCaffrey. I had him last year. I'm not fucking trading for Christian McCaffrey. No thanks. Wouldn't stop me from shopping the fuck out of him. I'll tell you that. Oh, absolutely. As an owner, I would be shopping him, but as a prospective buyer, I'm out. I'd make him an offer for McCaffrey, but if he doesn't like it, I don't want to get offered yeah. the Scantling for <laughs> Cope. <laughs> yeah, what would you offer him for McCaffrey in the state? Al Robinson? Ah, uh, fuck. Just stop. <laughs> Moving on. Sorry. Uh, football team is currently a 27-point favorite. I'm assuming we both like Chauvin Master to cover here? Uh, no, I'm going to go the other way. Whoa, Joel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Joel, FT cover. I like it. I'm just going, I, I really don't know what Spencer's end game is here. Like yeah. it's a tough point of the week to, to make that call, but looking at his lineup right now, how the fuck do you pick him to win? He's projected for 96 points. I mean, Justin can fill his team full of waiver fodder and beat that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, I'm going to take uh, Shogun Master to cover the plus 27-point deficit. I think he uh, will do something to fix that for him. Mm-hmm. Also, who the fuck is he starting in his flex? Jarrett Patterson? Who the fuck is that? Is this like a poor man's Cordero Patterson? Is that a football player? A fuck if I know, man. He sounds Maybe. like a tennis player from the country club. Could be an artist for all we know, like the latest Bob Ross. Right? Fuck. He's got the fucking water boy in his flex spot. My name is Bobby Boucher. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Spencer, man, that is gross. Yeah, that is rough as shit. So that shows me that Spencer has made an attempt to be like, okay, I got to put someone in and then been like, you know what? I just, I can't do any more things. There's nobody else I want to move, so I'm just eating it. I'm going to throw the biggest, fattest fucking dart I can pick up, and we're going to see what happens. Yep. I think that's where he's at. Competitive. Anyway, moving on. No soup for you versus Labrador Colts. Implied point total of 247 points, and no soup for you. It's a 15-point favorite. What do you like? Jesus Christ, Sean McLean just cannot catch a break. Nope. 
You got to try to try to sort this out now and run into the Aaron Bishop Mac truck straight on. Now Bishop does have Najee Harris and his kicker who he just fucking adores on a buy so much so that he's fucking stashing a kicker. Holy shit. Jesus. You can't make it up. Anyone else in any other pool, even if it was a kicker one would just be like, Oh, well, my kicker's on a buy. I guess I'll drop him. Not Aaron Bishop. No, sir. That motherfucker is stashing a kicker. Unbelievable. Well, I didn't know that Bishop's kicker was on a buy when I started writing Sean's obituary there. That changes things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His kicker is on a buy. It's Tyler Bass, man. Kicker one on the season. Fuck, I'd give oh. Travis Kelsey for him. Well, sufficiently enough, Sean has Kelsey. There you go. Would you eat his buy though? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. <laughs> He's worth it. I'm going to have to edit all this stuff about the trade Bishop at the podcast because if I leave it in, I'll never trade with him ever again. <laughs> no, you'll never get <laughs> nothing from him ever. Not a fucking chance. He already knew like the second that trade got accepted, he was like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no suit for you versus Labrador Colts. Implied point total of 247 points and no suit for you. Currently a 15-point favorite. What do you like over or under 247 points? Going over. Bishop's teams are putting up some pretty big scores. But in order to hit the over, we are also implying the Sean McClain scheme is going to do something. Yep. So I'm actually I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under here. That's okay. And as for Bishop being minus 15, you're going to take Bishop to cover? I will not do that, no. I'd love to, but I still have PTSD from what Bishop's team did to me. I can't pick him to lose. <laughs> 228 uh, points with a zero at tight end. Uh, so you take Sean to cover. I will take Bishop to cover. So we're both all over the place here. No, I'm taking Bishop to win. Oh, but you're taking them to win by more than 15? Yes. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's, we're coming up on your match. Guy with the Skinner tattoo versus Carl Sands. <laughs> Guy with the Skinner tattoo inexplicably only rolling Dalvin Cook this week at a bye. Strong. And Gary Nolan appears to be going at your hard with a full lineup, just showing no mercy. You think maybe if you were only going with Dalvin on a bye, he might just start, I don't know, his kicker against you to give you a chance. But Gary's going hard at you. No, Gary's got no mercy. Yeah, I – Gary is, let's see, 136-point favorite, and the implied point total of your match also happens to be 136 points. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go with Gary here. Sorry, the whole 136 to zero. It's going to be hard for me to pick your implied total of zero. So I am going to go with Gary, and I'm going to go with Gary to cover minus 136. Yeah, I'm going to take Nolan too. Okay, strong. Mm-hmm. Is this some kind of reverse jinx? Don't like my odds projected for zero. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. Now, 
look, we've already established that I'm not very good at this fantasy football thing, but can mm-hmm. I make one, just one suggestion here, friend? It's your podcast. Have you considered maybe starting some of your players this week? No. no what I'm about okay, okay, what about just Al Robinson? Not in the cards. No. David Johnson? Nope. Not into it. Nope. At least play Jacoby Myers against the Jets. He's probably going to get his first career touchdown this week. Absolutely not. What about the Steelers defense? Not happening. They're on a bye this week. They won't get you any points. They won't affect your point total. Not into it. Trey Sermon, can you get him in there? Cannot. No room. Uh, No room, eh? Nope. All right, fine. I've got one spot. It's my flex. And Dalvin Cook is in it. Dalvin Cook's on a bye this week. He's in the spot. I mean, just because Sean McLean starts Dalvin Cook on a bye doesn't mean you have to as well. Oh, that's a cheap shot. That is <laughs> not my doing. Hey, it's I'm not a cheap shot. That one. As, as Sean was quick to point out when he was on the show last week, he's still in the pool and I'm not. Let's move on to a match where actually people have a fucking lineup set. Clyde Embers Despair taken on the Roundhousers, implied point total of 251 with the Roundhousers, a 43-point favorite. Hoo-wee, what's Steve Power got going on this week? Everybody's got buy problems. It's yep. a big week. He's got Allen and Thielen. Be a good time to chuck Kirk Cousins into a cannon and fucking shoot him into space. Yeah, why are you stashing Kirk Cousins? Does he know something I don't? Maybe he really yeah. likes that cousin ceiling stack. Maybe, just maybe, Steve Power is a very big fan of the podcast and takes to hurt the things that I say. I don't think he listens. Yeah, probably not. Kind of like the guillotine league. He just registered, pays his fees, and then checks it right away. Yeah. <laughs> Auto set lineup every week, all season. See yeah. ya. Oh, oh, cool. You guys got a podcast? I'm going to just not listen over here. He's like a taco that embraces technology. Yep, that's right. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do you like? Total, 251, over or under? I'll go the under. All right, cool. I'll go I'll, the under here. I'll take uh, I'll take the over. Fuck it. And Roundhouser's 43-point favorites. You like them to cover minus 43, or do you like Clyde Edwards' spare plus 43? I'm kind of torn. Yeah. 43 points is a lot. Yeah. I'm going to take Davin. You're going to take Davin to cover minus 43 points. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll take uh, Clyde Everest Spare to cover 43 is a lot of points. I could see Davin pulling out the win here, but I don't anticipate him winning by 43. Not going to happen. I do. Final matchup of the week. Cove Cowboys against Team Dinner. Applied point total, 272 points, our highest applied point total of the week. And the Cove Cowboys are a 29-point favorite. Who do you like? What do you like? Over or under 272 points? Think these two teams just beat the fuck out of each other? It's a tough one, too. I'd say over if he didn't have Josh Allen on a bye. And you talked about 
Dinner being in a tough spot with buys last week, and look where he is again. Now he's got Josh Allen and James Robinson on a bye. Jesus Christ. Didn't he just yeah. go through this last week? Josh Allen and Robinson on a bye, and Nick Chubb out again. Christ almighty. He might be smooth fucking sailing for the rest of the year while everyone else is struggling, you know. That's true. It's, like, it's take, probably best to just get it out of the way. Take a couple of – well, that's true. It looks like his two major bye weeks are back-to-back, and after that he might just have – one here and one there. I mean, he's yep. already had what Ridley and Pitts on their buy. You know, that's two of his big pieces and Debo for that matter. After this week, he's got Allen and Robinson. The only buy he's going to have to eat really after that is Chubb. Chubb's his last major buy after that. That's pretty fucking good, if you ask me. Right. I'm going to take uh, the under 272 points, is a lot of points. Cam might get to his 150 but I think dinner's going to struggle. So I'm going to take the under and I'm going to take cam minus 29. I'm going to take cam to cover the spread. I'm going to take the over and I'm going to take cam to cam to cover. Yep. All right. Those are your predictions for week seven TBLC. Let's talk trades. Let's talk about the trade that shook the league. The trade was... Why don't you go on this? Yeah, okay. Well, if this podcast has established anything, it's that every single member of this podcast or everyone that's been on the podcast so far has made a trade with me that, for all intents and purposes, has now worked out in their favor. Sean McClain really wanted to keep that trend going. And he traded me Mike Williams, Chris Carson, who might I add is on IR for Alex Collins and Chase Claypool. Now, yes, Chase Claypool's rest of season outlook looks great. He didn't have a great first week without Juju, but I really truly believe in Claypool rest of the season. And I was going to be rocking him every week, auto start, no matter what. But this trade is not how I saw this going down. I quite literally messaged Sean when I was working OT on Saturday. I said, okay, brother, something's got to give here. You've got the corpse of Chris Carson in your eyes. You've got the corpse of Chris Carson in your IR slot. I've got Alex Collins. I said, I think we need to make a trade so that one of us ends up with the Carson-Collins duo. Okay. So I said, either... I trade Collins to you and I get something of value back or you trade me Carson and I give you something of value back. So I shot him an offer first. He countered with Collins and Claypool for Williams and Carson. I was like, okay, it's not how I saw this going down, but I accept, I guess. I mean, the focal point of the deal for me was Mike Williams. I really desperately wanted that Williams Herbert stack, but getting back Carson was, it's not how I saw this going down. So I think I'm a clear cut winner of this trade, but I'd love to hear your input on the deal. Okay. Here's my thing. I'm a big advocate for everybody should be able to do whatever the fuck they want with their own team, make whatever trades you want. 
you pay your buy-in, manage your team, how you see fit. That's not my business. I don't like to really smash one side of a trade. Like I'm happy to pick them apart, but to just out bury one, not really my thing. But if I had to do it, I would do it here. Yeah. And my reasoning for that is I genuinely think over the long term and as soon as like two to three weeks from now, Sean loses on both aspects of this trade. Yeah. Loses on Collins to Carson and he loses on Williams to Claypool. So I can appreciate he's in a spot where, and this is the part where I really kind of lose it. Cause I can totally get why he's in that position where you feel like you gotta, you gotta smash on something, right? Buy wins. Your team's reeling schedules being mean to you. Something's yeah. got to give let's fucking push the trigger on something. But I think if he shopped that around, he could have done way better than he did. Yep. I agree. Way better. Listen, I even listen. with Carson on the IR, like I think that would have been appealing to some people who are, who are kind of fucked at running back and thinking, I don't care about the next four weeks. The initial offer I sent him, I think was Damian Harris and Chase Claypool for Chris Carson and someone else, I think. I don't know. But I said I think that would have been a better deal for him. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, I said, look, but it's man, also not my place. Don't fucking matter what I think. I said, I don't know what side of the coin you want to be on. I don't know if you want to either acquire the Collins. Carson duo, or if you want to get rid of it, I said, but I'll just send you my first offer. So here's me acquiring the Collins Carson duo. And he countered with something that was not that at all, but a deal that looked real attractive to me. So smash accept. I'm, I don't want to heap on Sean. He's already taken some shit in the chat about it. And it is what it is, but I am a little bummed for him because I think he could have done way better. And I say that from the perspective of somebody who can tell you flat fucking out. If I knew he was trading Mike Williams, I would have given him better. I thought if I was getting Mike Williams, I'd have to give up a whole hell of a lot more. And then I saw that from him. I was like, are you sure dude? And just for icing on the cake, Claypool's on a fucking buy this week. I mean, there's probably six, seven managers in this league who will tell you that they've received an offer from me for a receiver in line with Mike Williams. Like I'm out there looking for one. Right. So he gets, he got one week of Claypool, which was a bus game. He got a great game mm-hmm. at a Collins. This week, he's got Claypool on a bye, and Collins apparently is questionable, but that's, that's notwithstanding from the trade. That is what it is. So let's assume that Collins plays this week and is productive again. Then next week, he gets Claypool and Collins again. And then the week after that, Chris Carson comes back. And it's basically Claypool for Carson and Mike Williams. The shit kicker for me is that if he won last week, he would have had the the benefit of saying, hey, I had to make deals in a pinch. I'm on one week at a time, man. I'm reeling. Yep. It's a butterfly. Typical, like, in Sean McLean fashion, the way that his luck is going this year, he got fucking – um, yeah, last week, so he, he doesn't even have that to be able to, to validate, you know. Uh, no, well, yeah, it's he a tough pump, one, yeah, he did get pumped last week, but this deal was made before that week was done. The week prior to that, I played Sean and I beat him by like four points, 
So yeah. it's a butterfly effect. Had that match gone the other way, maybe he doesn't make this deal. So anyway, I was very more than anything. I'm seeing the offers that are coming into my inbox. And every time I think of this deal, it makes me want to fucking puke all over myself. Like, come on, man. Why is everybody being so goddamn hard on me? Yeah. But this is the thing, right? And this is what I want to discuss about the trade. This trade wasn't so much about the trade itself. It was about the fallout in the group chat. So that mean you were here on the podcast saying, man, teams have got to make deals. Your season's yep. on the line. Make shit happen. Yet the second somebody's like, you know what? I'm taking a shot here. I'm going to try to Bloody prove assholes. my team. Bloody fucking assholes. People just fucking pitchforks and bloody assholes. It's like, dude, no wonder nobody wants to trade. Who wants to be subjected to this fucking abuse? I love talking about trades on the show, but I'm almost like somber talking about it. Like it was a tough one, man. Like, like I said, this is not how I thought this trade was going down. You, you got know? trade rape remorse, don't you? I have trade rate remorse. I you need to get yourself on Dr. Fucking Phil and talk about this. Yeah. No, you've done, get... you done someone wrong. No, Shameful. he, he done himself wrong. All I did was hit the fucking accept button. Yeah. And you can live with it. We had another trade go down this week. Probably the most shocking trade in fantasy football history. And this is coming from a guy who just traded uh, Alex Collins and Chase Claypool for Chris Carson and Mike Williams. We saw in a straight one-for-one deal, Cordero Patterson get traded straight up for Christian McCaffrey in the guillotine league between Christian Mingle and Sloppy Fries. What the fuck kind of world do we live in where Cordero Patterson is getting traded for Christian McCaffrey one for one? Well, it aged well because McCaffrey hit the wire like a week later or a couple days later. The yeah. next day. It was the next well, day, wasn't it? He got sent to IR and then Colin, when he thought his week was on the line, dropped him and then this week proceeded to pick him up again. It's so funny, though, because Aaron puts out in the group chat, hey, guys, Cordero's on a buy this week. Uh, I don't really want to stash him, so if anyone wants to make a trade, I'll trade him. Everyone fucking radio silent. Aaron drops Patterson. Colin picks him up, and then Colin trades him for Christian McCaffrey. That was brutal. All right. Moving on to the guillotine league decapitation nation last week we saw spencer bugden aka shogun master decapitated i don't remember what his fucking score was because of course at the hands of himself yep self-inflicted he added and dropped calvin ridley about 75 times i guess so down a fucking cyanide tablet like a minute before the game started when he Cole Beasley his way to this charade. If he had not made that move, we'd be talking about Megan, the defending champion outstead. She Mm -hmm. hung on by the skin of her teeth. I don't get this one. I assume that Spencer had some kind of random.org malfunction because his fucking transactions for the last two days were like, what the fuck is he doing? I know exactly what happened. Has he just seen how many times he can drop an ad, Calvin Ridley, without blowing up Yahoo? No, he's uh, he's been in this pool for six weeks. He's riding the roller coaster. He's realizing that he has some stomach acid issues. 
and this fucking league is bullshit and he needs to focus on his other leagues. So he pulled the pin out of a grenade and fucking sucked it right down his blowhole. Get me out of here. Take a one-way ticket to execution land, please. Yep. And I I get it. Like, I totally get it. This fucking league. Yep. Wouldn't it be something now if Megan just went on to win the pool again? It would be. It was a fun week, though. Definitely a fun week watching Spencer juggle his lineup and ultimately decapitate himself. But like you said, absolutely self-inflicted. Stashing two Mm -hmm. guys. Just not recommended. Not. I mean, you wouldn't even do that, and you were fucking out of here in week four. Spencer was decapitated while he tried to stash both Alvin Kamara and Calvin Ridley. You just can't get away with stashing two guys. Just not possible. And he, <laughs> he had to know, like, by the time Monday rolled around and he was juggling Ridley, he already had bus games from Chase Claypool, you know? So I don't know, man. I don't know what kind of confident high he was riding on. I guess he said, fuck it. This is all or nothing. If I can somehow stash Ridley, I'm set up going forward. I don't know, but he had Beasley who put up more than enough points to keep him in the pool. Said picked up Ridley custom this season. You're on a great run. I don't want to, interjected here or anything but i'm stashing two guys this week <laughs> oh yeah i'm well this week this is the bipocalypse week i think honestly yeah. i don't know this has potential to be the craziest week colin is stashing three guys as of this moment mm-hmm. josh allen stefan diggs and christian mccaffrey that full-blown sicko and he's still projected he's projected for fucking 95 points with three empty slots of sicko He's dumb enough to follow through with it, too. Yeah, well, when I was talking to him about a potential trade before I got eliminated, and he said that he would cross the Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs bridge when he got to it. And Well, here you are, son. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, uh, this is the fucking bye week from hell. This is yep. the one that everyone's been talking about. Week seven, I'd say multiple teams are stashing multiple players this week. Is this the week that we say goodbye to our pal, friend of the show, Sean McClain? No. No, you don't think so? Could be. What do Zeke, I know? I Zeke, never get this right. Zeke and Dalvin have been replaced by just James Conner. Uh, okay. Now did you hear CeeDee Lamb? Okay. That's fine. I don't mind your team this week. T. Higgins could be a tough play against Baltimore. No. I like Shepard a lot. Shepard was a great pickup. I tried to get him in all my pools. Apparently, he was rostered everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, your team's – what's wrong with your team? Higby's obviously trash. Well, I'm why you keep playing him. Stashing two major players, and my team's not that great without him. That's why. Yeah. Well, you've been a little luckier in this league than me so far. I'm sure you'll find a way to hang on. Some call it luck. Some call it skill. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of your team, let's talk about last week a little. 
side of that going forward, we need to talk more about this league, specifically maybe bring up the team that scored the most points. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah, you think it is, eh? Okay, well, mm-hmm. that's good. Well, by pure coincidence, the team that scored the most points last week was you. And ironically enough, the second lowest team was, or the second highest, Sean McClain, the team that I predicted to go down. Can I call Didn't him? Did we already do this? What? I nope. feel like we just did this like an hour ago. We're talking about something else, high scoring something, Joel. Oh, oh good. Best team of the week. Oh, I, I didn't didn't know you were going with that. <laughs> so I hope you didn't peak too early. Peak. Just hitting my stride. Uh, let's see. You're a big score of 168 from last week, highlighted by Jalen, 28. Nice. DeAndre. Oh, cute. DeAndre Hopkins, two touchdowns. How about that? Uh-huh. 20.5. Huh? It's nice. T. Higgins, 7.4. This trash. Najee, 25. Very nice. Josh Jacobs. Oh, look. Oh, Josh Jacobs, a touchdown. That's nice. 15.2. It's nice for him. Keep going. Tyler Higby, 8.6. CD. Oh, yeah. CD Lamb. How about that? Uh, CD Lamb had 0.2 points. He only had two rush yards. Sure, he'll pick mm-hmm. it up next week. Yeah, you bet. Uh, makes I, cr- oh, what? What was that? I can't for the life of me figure out. Like I'm trying to sort it out in my head. It doesn't make sense to me because nobody would let go of guys like CD Lamb and Hopkins and Jacobs. But it's great. Whoever did is great because I really appreciated that production this week. It's great to see him go off. Yeah, I really like seeing that. Really warms my innards. Mm-hmm. Really tickles my chode. Why would it tickle your chode? Because those. Oh, did they come from you? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Those your players? Yeah. How do you not know that? Why would I have your players? You're still in this league, aren't you? You remind me every single week that those are my players. There you are. You're in fifteenth. Yes. A big uh, minus fifteen beside your name there. You're still here. Yep. You have. all the same players, though. Empty, empty, empty. Yep. That joke really did not age well when you dropped it on Nolan, did it? <laughs> All right. Anyway, interesting trade, to say the least. I never thought in my life I would live in a world where we saw Cordero Patterson getting traded straight up for Christian McCaffrey. But here we are. What a fucking world we live in. This league is fucked. This league is fucked. You got it. I hope I hope Yahoo fucking discharges it from the server. Done yep. Try to renew the league next year, and it's like, this option no longer exists. What yeah. do you mean? You, you ruined fantasy football. Cutting right. you off. Uh, let's talk about some of the waiver claims that went down. These were especially interesting this week, as this was the first week of players returning from buys, notably Alvin Kamara who went for whopping $69 to Davin Leslie Fake Chow. Davin was Seems not, to be the going price. Yep, Davin was not fucking around when he said quite bluntly in the group chat, I'm going to spend all my web this week, and he has $17 <laughs> left. Now, to be fair, look, I don't mind spending up on a guy like Kamara. It's bye week. It's done. He's going to be locked and loaded top five running back every week for the rest of the year. Fuck yeah, spend up on that shit. 
big fuck you to whoever set the prices on these high-end waiver acquisitions because I'm not even trying anymore. No point. Aaron messaged me and said, what in the real life fuck? How did I not get Alvin Kamara for $66? I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Ryan picked up Aaron Rodgers for four bucks. Not bad. Uh, let's see. Look at our boy, Sean. I'm fucking picking up Jalen Waddle for zero dollars. I like that. He, I had a claim in for him too. Yep. He had waiver priority over a football team who also bid zero and you who also bid zero. Yep. Team, dinner, team dinner being the uh, Falcons homer that he is, spent the very last of his web on Calvin Ridley. And that's it. No more web for team dinner. <laughs> and done. And done. Yep. Uh, those are basically all the significant picks up pickups. Rather, Rogers went for four dollars, not overly significant. DeAndre Swift, right? I forgot about him. DeAndre Swift picked up for the second time this year. Colin grabbed him for 16 bucks, just a little more than Davin. So, Davin almost spent all of his web this week, only beat a couple more bucks. It's a pretty good buy when you look at Kamara at 69 bucks. That's almost what two and a half Swifts. That's right. How about Megan picking up AJ Brown for a buck? Yeah, I regretted not putting anything in there when I saw that. Well, you had a bid, but it was for zero dollars. Why no money for AJ? Uh, You didn't want any more shares of him? No, I'm starting to get a little nauseous with him. Yep, fair enough. I did, if I snagged him in this pool, I would have had 100% A.J. Brown shares going into Sunday. And I drafted him in this pool. And I had to cut him loose when he did his first disappearing act. So you did. Anyway, I, I'm, uh, I've decided I've exhausted the, uh, the random.org joke. I soaked that for all it was worth. Yep. Mostly because I tried to get Spencer to come on the show this week. And after leaving me hanging for five days, he said, dude, I just can't decide if I should do the podcast. So he put yes and no and random.org came up. No. And he said, sorry, I can't Jesus Christ. Is this the last one? Tell me this is the last one. Well, it depends. How many more times are you going to fucking bring up that I'm eliminated from this goddamn pool? How many more weeks in the season? Asking for a friend. You're the friend. I'm calling sick to this podcast next week. 12 anyway, weeks ago, 11 weeks. So what, 11 what, more weeks is the answer. Okay. Good to know. Thanks. Why don't you, uh, why don't you make your prediction for who goes down this week? Colin. Ooh. Is it because he's stashed half the league? That he's going to be a total soft cock about it at first. And I think people are going to, make him a focal point of conversation and he's going to, I can say this because he doesn't listen to shit and you know it. You know it. He's, he's going to get all call and I'm going to show everybody about it and he's going to roll in with his three guys on benches and he's going to get smoked. And yep. I'm going to laugh. That's interesting. I'm actually going to predict our lone lady, Miss Megan, to go down this week. Uh, that didn't work out well for me when I did it. It's not random.org. That's just my honest prediction. I understand her wanting to hang on to the Buffalo defense. Certainly not a stash that I would make. 
I think there's got to be options out there. If nothing else, you could probably buy the Buffalo defense back for pretty cheap. I I don't think there's been a single money claim made for a defense so far, and I don't imagine that starts now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the guys that she does have, Gibson, I mean, she's going to find out in about a day and a half that Gibson's out this week. I maybe like Zach Gertz in Arizona, but I don't expect him to come in and get volume in his first fucking game, especially against Houston, where they could be up fucking 28-0 in the first five minutes. I just I don't see that panning out right away. She's got a lot of tough starts this week. She's got Alan Robinson. We talked with him a couple of times on the show. He's basically the corpse. Yeah, I don't like Megan's team this week. Too many holes. Stash and Keen, and sure, I'd stash Keen and Allen too, but that's about it. So Megan's just got a little, little too much Bobby trouble this week. So for that reason, I predict the inaugural champ to be decapitated. Anyway, that's all for the guillotine league. Joel predicts Colin to go down, and I predict Megan to go down. All right, share time. Shirt of the week. Your shirt of the week, unfortunately, comes from myself, Turd Ferguson, newly acquired Chargers wide receiver, Mike Williams. Had a paltry two receptions for 27 yards for 4.7 points. My loss wasn't the closest loss of the week, as I did lose by 11, but still with the massive numbers Mike Williams has been posting, if he even put up 16, which by his standards this season would be a down week, he would have got me the win. So Mm -hmm. I hate, hate picking a player from my own team for the shirt of the week, but here we are. You were feeling relaxed, content, secure. Mike Uh, Williams hit you with the old butt nugget. Yeah, the old Butt nugget, yeah. The old mud nugget right out of the butt tube. Gross. Gross. (laughs) Holy fuck. You're disgusting. I don't know where you come up with these things, but god damn it, that's good. Certainly not the performance I wanted to see in with my first week of the Herbert Williams stack, but it's the performance no one wants to see. Pants are full of shit. Yep, that's right. (laughs) Now suddenly I'm shopping in the senior section. You got to work on your diet. Sure. I'm shopping in the senior section at the pharmacy looking for fucking depends underwear. All right. Well, there you have it. Rebuild that confidence. Yeah. The confidence. Uh, You know what? The confidence is fine. After one trade that is arguably heavily weighted in my favor. I can say that my confidence not is arguable. higher now. Yeah, no, it's not arguable. I suppose, I suppose I can live with that. You can, can live li- with it. I can live with that assessment, sure. So you can live with the pants full of shit that he brought you this week. Yep, that's absolutely right. I'll live with that because I think the season will work out. So anyway, your shirt of the week, week six, Mike Williams. And with that, friends, let's uh, – Call it a week. 
All right, this. buddy. Good chat as always. We'll uh, yeah. talk to you later. Sounds good. I hope your week is terrible. I appreciate that. I'm not going to put that negativity out in the world. I hope you have a great week, friend. Hope you so win your match. Reverse this jinx. Week. No, not oh. reverse jinx. Positivity. Hope you get cream pie. Okay, that's great. You have a good week, buddy. You too. All right, later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. Contact us anytime at theweeklyfantasyroundup at gmail.com.